Welcome to Secondhand Therapy. We are not therapists. We are not experts. We are not licensed in any way. That was a lie. I'm a licensed driver. You? That, that, I don't think that counts. I'll show you my license right now. I mean, I can go fishing in Missouri, but you don't see me bragging about it. Can you actually? Yeah, I have a license there. That's expired. Probably. Yeah. So, yeah, thank you for being with us on the pod. Um, I don't know what we're going to talk about today, but let's do it. You ready? Enjoy the show. Enjoy the show. Hit that fucking music, you know? like to start okay but and i'm angry go ahead start don't so when i talk you don't talk well, what are these long pauses for who, who are these pauses for? i said i would like to start by and then you said i'll open my fucking mouth now you said i'd like to start and then it was like a political by. pause i'd like to start by sure sharing with my little bear cubs. Oh my god! What, dude? My fans are bear cubs. What are your fans? <sighs> what just, are they? Just people. Just people. All right. Well, my people. Yeah. Your people. Yeah. My little bear cubs, and your people. I want to share with them that we had a very cool experience last night. We did. <clears throat> and before it started, I had a very palpable moment of gratitude and uh it was nice and i'm gonna try to be more all right you know what i'm trying to share no i it, it's it's nice to hear i just i'm not used to you being this serious i'm i'm waiting for uh I'm waiting for the punch i'm trying to oh you're gonna get a punch dude <laughs> because again you've interrupted and to, uh, I'm, tr I'm trying to share something on the pod and you laughed at me no, I'm, I'm here i'm here i had I'm a nice moment of gratitude and i want to try to be more mindful to be more grateful going forward and that's all so hopefully my little bear cubs and his people um You'll hear more gratitude from me on the pod. And if not, keep it to yourself, okay? Because I'm not perfect. <laughs> and we know that. I've, I've tried this gratitude route before. <clears throat> I, when? With whom? I don't know. With myself? Who, who do you There's do it with? There's a surprise. Who do you do it with? Literally everyone but you. It's, you it's outward. Put it outward. So you're going to start doing gratitude with other people? Yeah, I'm going to say, hey, man, thank you. I'm very grateful for that. That's what, not what do gratitude. You do? That's what do you courtesy. Do? What That's you, a separate thing. Saying thank you and telling somebody, hey, I'm truly grateful that you took the time. Thank you. That's, that's different than that's saying, courtesy. hey, thanks, man. So, you, so instead of saying thank you, you go, hey, you know what? The subway worker goes, here's your sandwich. You go, I'm very grateful that you made this. Thank you. And that's courtesy. 
is that what you say to people? Gratitude is inward. Gratitude is not inward. Gratitude's outward. Courtesy is outward. No, you show gratitude. You can show gratitude, yeah. but that's called courtesy. That's so when people hand me my food, I say, hey man, Thank you. stop saying fucking courtesy. <laughs> that's what it's called. No, it's not. I didn't make it up. Being courteous and mm-hmm. being grateful are not equivalent. Right. And what you're talking about is wanting to be more grateful and working on gratitude, which is an inward thing. No, it isn't. How is it an inward thing? You know what? Maybe I'm wrong. How is it an inward thing? Please. <laughs> because what you're, the type of gratitude that you're talking about. Now, you can be gratuitous. Sure. You can, you can do that. And that's an outward thing. You can definitely do that. And you can say thank you more and you can show appreciation more and all those things. Yes, that is the thing. But what you're talking about is experiencing something and wanting to realize it and take it in and have that moment and really be thankful of that moment. That doesn't have anything to do with me or Bob or the subway worker or anybody else. It has everything to do with you experiencing that and taking it in, thinking about it and feeling it. And that's an inward thing. Gratitude is an inward thing. The kind that you're talking about. Okay, first of all, don't tell me what I'm talking about. I just heard you. That's my That's my first gripe. I'ma fight you today. <laughs> I'ma fight you today. That's not Se- very gratuitous. Secondly, what you said makes a lot of sense. You might be right. Really? Yeah. Thanks, man. But, go ahead. I really appreciate that. That's not the same. So you're being a fucking asshole. I really do appreciate you saying that. I do. I think what you said makes a lot of sense. I don't know that that's what I'm trying to express. Because I am, like I said last night. So can we just tell the people what we did last night? I would love to. My little bear cubs. So uh, we're both very big fans of Mac Miller. Mm Mm-hmm. And recently was the five-year anniversary of the release of his swimming album. And his estate um, puts out, they run his merch and his mute. they run everything now. And occasionally they'll put together little events. And last night they had, only in Los Angeles, they had a, there was a, you had to RSVP on the website for, it was only for 50 people. And it was a, Dolby Atmos listening party with visuals designed by people from the estate. So you get an audio visual experience of the swimming album. And daddy was luck. Very, very lucky that I saw the thing. I clicked the link and I got on the RSVP list. I think I was literally one of the last people cause I did it. And I hit refresh because I was going to put your name in. Yeah. And it was already full. Oh, shit. So I don't know how it worked out, but it's it's incredible. Thousands of people were trying to get this. And somehow we got to go because I got in. You get to bring a guest. So that's what we did last night. And yeah, so I was very grateful that I was lucky enough. So I wanted to be grateful to whatever the, the circumstance, the universe, whatever. Right. That to me feels outward. You're saying it's inward. Yeah. It's an inward feeling. Because but I, w- I want to give it outward. I want to express it to the universe. Like, thank you. Thank you for letting me be lucky enough to experience something that, I, that was important to me, that a lot of people wanted, but somehow I got to go. 
Yeah, I think you can. I think it's uh, an import-export thing, right? So you're importing gratitude and you're exporting love. Right. What do you talk like a Republican? What are you talking about? Oh, well, it's, it's GDP when you <laughs> when you boil it down. <laughs> when you really break it down, the numbers this here it's seventy six percent gratitude, which is an export. Yeah. All right. Let's get on track to the pod. Yeah. What'd you talk about in therapy this week? Let me. Let me. Let me. Let me. Let me. Sure. I had a very existential therapy session this week, so I'm gonna let you drive. Okay. This one because mine was. It's a lot. Yeah. It's a lot of existent stuff. So what'd you talk about? Oh, we were very grounded and very real. And I got my ass handed to me this week in therapy. All right, let's hear it. Which was surprising because it was one of those therapy sessions where I almost canceled because I didn't really have anything. I was even thinking about the night before, you know, you're like, well, I got therapy in the morning. What am I going to talk about? And there was just nothing there. Yeah. And, you know, you log on and you're like, oh, okay, we're getting into it. Mm-hmm. It just slowly started coming out, and then I was a fucking mess by the end of it. Yeah, what happened? I don't even know where to... Tell your people. Tell my bear cubs. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. All right. Uh, Are you, I think you're upset that I have a name for my fans and you don't. I think that's what it is. Yeah. Well, yeah, I have... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> my little bear cubs. Oh, my God. And you know, Papa Bear has got you. He's got you. Papa Bear got you back. I, I don't even know. I'm... Welcome to the sleuth, baby. The sleuth? That's what you call a group of bears. I don't have time to unpack this. Um, Would you re- Welcome to the den? Is that better? It's Papa Bear and his bear cubs. That's all you got to know. You could be Mama Bear. You want to be Mama Bear? Kind of. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. You want to be Mama Bear? I kind of do want to be Mama Bear. All right, we'll take a vote on it later. <laughs> later <clears throat> I don't even know where to begin uh, let's start here I've been kind of having uh, I'm going through a shift mm. um, physically mentally career wise it's all shifting right now mm. and um, I've spent the last 20 years of my life doing stand up comedy and then I'm just recently become kind of tired of it yeah i don't really feel like i have anything to say right now on stage and uh, you know but it was hard to let go of because it's something that i've literally been doing since i was 19 and i have stopped I, you know i haven't gone to any family functions any weddings or you know anything life related because you're always on the road yeah yeah i was touring 46 weeks on the road for most of my life and um, and then moving out to Los Angeles super early when I was like 25, 26, somewhere around there. And now I'm 40. And so I've been, you know, my whole family's in Ohio. And so I don't really see them a lot or, or didn't see them a lot. They're all dead now. Yeah. Which will play into the guilt later. Um, yeah. So I've Stay spent, tuned. Yeah. <laughs> spoiler alert. <laughs> so I've spent my entire life... Um, doing this one thing and putting everything else on hold and putting everybody else on the back burner for this thing. And recently giving it up was a hard decision because it felt like, well, what was all of the, what was it all for? You know, um, how would my parents feel about me giving this up, this thing that they supported so much, this thing that they were willing to put their happiness on hold for, this thing that they were willing to forgive all of their 
or, or give up all of their time for and, and you know all that stuff that goes along with it and um so i carry a lot of guilt already in this shift that i've been doing in the last six months i would say this is when this started mm-hmm. in like october-ish somewhere around there okay um and then from there it's just like i've just been shedding all of these things about myself I recently shaved my head, which is like such a weird thing to me because my show hair, them. I'm not gonna show them. Okay, <laughs> but it was my hair was such a, a big part of my identity for so long. Yeah, it was in my fucking logo for my comedy stuff. It was like how everybody had this big, wild, crazy hair, you know. Yeah, and uh, and hair was always important to my mother. My mother, that's all she really cared about was her hair, and she would spend hours on it and all that stuff. So it was like this. It, hair is a thing in my family and yeah. now I don't have any of it and I haven't in a while I've been buzz cutting it and I've been dying it I've been doing all kinds of weird shit with it in the last like year um, so that's been another like shift in my life of like letting go of that that seems to be a big part of my identity and who mm. I am Yeah, and uh, I've been shedding these things not necessarily knowing that I had a therapy session a few weeks ago where she kicked my ass again, where I had been dyeing my hair blonde. I've been buzz cutting it. I've been wearing different clothes because I haven't been on stage. And I told my therapist, I said, I don't know if it's one of two things. It's either that I am coming into myself creatively, like this is who I am with the dyed hair and the different clothes and this and that, or I feel like I am making myself purposely unavailable. So even if you wanted me to like go out on an audition right now, I don't look like any of my headshots. You can't have me. You know, if you wanted me to go perform on stage right now, you can't have me. I, I don't look like that. I, I don't think I can perform this way and this and that. So it was like purposefully unavailable. Yeah. And she said that has such a negative tone to it she goes what if you're protecting yourself and i thought that was so fucking interesting that doing all those different things was almost like putting on armor yeah because i was going through this weird transition because i was tired of living that lifestyle and didn't know how to get out of it correctly and like needed to put up boundaries but i'm not good at boundaries and all those things so it was like such a, a perspective shift for me to think about, yeah, what if it is protecting myself instead of, you know, blocking? Yeah. Um, have you ever had that? Have you had that in your life where you've made like these physical boundaries or physically unavailable? No, not really. I've, I've always... I've always been so I don't know what the word is. I've always had self-image problems. Mm. So I don't I don't think so. I think whenever I had those things, I think that's why I have a sense of humor. Yeah. Is rather than doing things to my appearance like, I think obviously when I was younger, I would wear the trendy things or do things like that. But I think, I think that's fairly normal. But I think my thing was more 
um, adapting with being funny was how I, that was my barrier. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think I ever did anything with my appearance really. Yeah. I, I mean, I directly relate with that. I grew up plus size kid and nobody really, you just kind of like move in the shadows at that point. You know what I mean? Nobody really wants to be your friend. They like you when you're the funny fat kid kind of thing. Right. You know, I'm doing Pratt Falls through tables like Chris Farley. And yeah. You know, you're loud and you're big and you're just kind of, you're, you're, you're in when you're good and you're out when you're not. Yeah. And, uh, very much so. Yeah. And so it's, it's this weird identity crisis that you have growing up as a bigger kid, trying to fit in, trying to buy the clothes that all the skinny kids and the athletes have. And you're like, well, this yeah. Abercrombie don't fit me like it fits yeah. you. <laughs> you know? It's weird. They don't have a five X. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah, we, you know, I, you, you, you lean on that humor because it, it yeah. yeah. Yeah, man. Because who doesn't like to laugh? Yeah, exactly. You got to love me. Yeah. I'm hilarious. I'll make you laugh. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So no, I never um I never did the uh appearance thing to protect myself. Mine was always humor. Yeah, this is a new one for me. Um I also talked a little bit about that in therapy about having um for lack of a better a cushion <laughs> growing up. Yeah. Um and and kind of um I just always have, no matter what I look like or where I'm at or how well I'm doing, I'm just always this fat kid from Ohio, Mm. you know, I just can't shake it. And even in those moments, this is what I was telling her, even in the moments in my life where I was riding my bike 10 miles a day and I had abs and I was like in the greatest shape of my life and I was on tour and I was making money and doing all of these things and and, and TV spots here and there and stuff like all the things you dream of as the fat kid from Ohio. Yeah. It just, it wasn't enough. Right. I always, I don't, uh, I don't like myself very much. Yeah. You, you and I have had this conversation. I actually, I've asked you why a lot and you've never had an answer. Well, I got an answer now, and I didn't, I'm just discovering it. Papa Bear and the Bear Cubs were dying here. <laughs> What'd you find out? So, turns out, it's guilt. Okay. I didn't realize this, and I'm going through all these things with my therapist about giving up comedy, the one thing that my family supported and all that stuff and the guilt I felt of that mixed in with, you know, there's a theme here mixed in with when my stepfather Wayne passed away, I didn't feel like I was showing up for my mother in the way that I see now and which I coined a phrase in therapy, which is hindsight guilt. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) And you know, you don't recognize it at the time. And my mother was always very guarded about her emotions with me. You know, she yeah. never wanted to bother me. And I think that's a common thing with mothers all the time. We're like, I don't want to bug you. I know you yeah. got a lot going on. You're like, ma, you know, of course, yeah. she was the kind of woman who would call you and be like, you know, I was in the hospital last Thursday. And you're like, why didn't you call? Well, I didn't want to bother you. And you're yeah. like, you're in the hospital. That's when you bother me. 
And so, um, so she was always very guarded. So it wasn't like, you know, all the signs were there and I was completely just like an asshole and just blinded by it. But looking back now at the things that I've learned through grief and through therapy and through self-discovery now, like, yeah, there were a ton of alarms going off and I just didn't see them at the time. And now I have that hindsight guilt of being like, man, I should have been there for my mother more. I should have been there for Wayne when he needed me. Yeah. My father, you know, when he passed away when I was 12. and There's nothing you can do when you're 12. I know. And recently with my brother and all these emotions are coming up. And and so we're talking about this theme of guilt and what I'm carrying with me. And there was like this pause. And I go, uh, I go, do you think I don't like myself? Because I I feel guilty about all these things. She goes, yeah. Yeah. And I go, do you think I have to forgive myself before I can like myself or even love myself? And she goes, yeah. It's going to take a while, though. Yeah. And then our time was up. (laughs) Which is... Hilarious. The worst. She's like, but she was like, listen, I don't want to leave you with that. And we talked, you know, just for a few more minutes briefly about other things, but it was a big reveal for me. I've not liked myself for a long time. Yeah. And I just never knew why. I never had an answer. Yeah. Um, I remember calling you right after the therapy thing. <laughs> like trying not to cry and I was like I figured it out yeah and uh spoiler alert he cried <laughs> I did, I did oh cry. he cried and you're one of those people that you apologize when you cry oh god yeah why oh my family doesn't cry never no my Mom, mother no one huh but grandma especially no never you oh grandma no yeah I remember your grandma no no chance stone cold killer yeah. dude she call you. She call you pussy right to your oh, face. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And then my mother was always, you know, she was brought up by her, and so she was always tried to hold strong for me. There's a great. This is, this is intertwined in everything that we're talking about. So, my stepfather Wayne was a huge influence in my life. He came in later in life and just really saved the family. That's how I look at him. He was just like. He just made my mother so happy and I got to see her fall in love again. Well, fall in love for the first time because I didn't I wasn't there when she yeah. met dad. So I got to I got to see her really love somebody and somebody really love her. And I got a, a front row view of what relationships are supposed to look like in a weird way. And they would go on these little weekend vacations and he would spoil her and he would brag about her everywhere we went. And it was just like this, this, and she loved him so much and the, they would tease each other and it was just, it was love. And, um, it's great. And Wayne had, um, had a heart attack and then he had a stroke back to back and I was on tour and mom didn't yeah. tell me for a few days. Yeah. And then I flew home and we dealt with everything. And After you were stuck in the Denver airport. Oh, my God. So 
So I, I get, I finally get back to Ohio and I show up and they, they warn me the Wayne's in bad condition. Yeah. And, uh, but they tell me he's going to be fine. Nurses are telling us this. My aunt Mary, who is uh, in pharmaceuticals and, and hospitals her whole life, she's telling me it's going to be fine. Mom's telling me it's going to be fine. It's just going to be a while. Grandma, everybody's on the same page. And I remember seeing Wayne and thinking like, oh, this isn't going to be, this is it. Yeah. And I didn't want to show any emotion for my mother because you don't fucking cry about it. Yeah. And so... I excused myself. I said, I'm going to go get some water real quick. And I walked down the hospital hallway and I found an empty room and I closed the door and it was like something out of a movie. I closed the door and I just collapsed against it and slid down it while I'm bawling my eyes out for a few minutes. Cause I knew that was going to be the last time that I see Wayne. Yeah. I gather myself and I go back in the room and I'm all, I'm, you'd have no idea that I just had this fucking breakdown. Right. And mom was, you know, we had a great visit and, and I'm saying goodbye to Wayne and I'm telling mom that I'll, I'm going to fly back to LA and she's like, there's nothing you can do right now. Come back in a few weeks and we'll, you know, figure stuff out. Great. So on that trip home, of course, Wayne passes and I'm stuck in the Denver airport for 16 hours on a layover because of snowstorms and all this weird shit with all this information of Wayne passing and everything. Anyways, years later, my mother passed, well, a year later, my mother passes. A few years after that, I'm talking to my grandmother about everything and how it went down and, mom and Wayne and all this stuff. Yeah. And she tells me, yeah, mom knew that Wayne wasn't going to make it. She was holding strong for you. And I'm holding strong for her. Yeah. And looking back on that, I remember being so angry because I'm like, what did that fucking do for either one of us? Right. We could have had those moments together. We could have been closer I could have done more you know I again that guilt and that anger comes up and you're like if we just would have been fucking honest with each other and showed our cards instead of just being like I'm fine you're fine everybody's fine (laughs) don't cry now and so it's so much easier to be broken together oh my god dude yeah yeah it's a really hard thing to do alone yeah and after seeing what Wayne like that and my mother passing I'm just I'm pretty open with everybody yeah you know yeah I'll tell you exactly probably too much how I'm feeling <laughs> what's going on you know like I, I, I when I hang up with people I, I love you and when I see them it's hugs it's love it's it's that because is that why you're always hugging me that is why I'm just kidding right? <laughs> but yeah it's such a weird thing that we hold in that we think that this taboo of what's acceptable and what's not I'm gonna push back on that yeah I don't I just I don't I don't know that it's taboo or what's acceptable or what isn't I feel like for our generation it's it's uncool to like mm. be open and feel like feel anything do you think it's a generational thing or do you think it's a gender thing or a generational gender <laughs> both both yeah men can't do that no all my friends back home like they'll punch a hole in their wall before they'll fucking tell you yeah anything you know yeah 
I love that I have male friends. I can be like, dude, I love you so much. Yeah. And just give you a hug. And like, it's great. Cause I didn't, I wasn't able to do that growing up when I was younger. Cause it was, it was wrong. Yeah. You don't like men don't, you, you don't show affection, affection like that. You're tough and you're, yeah, it just, yeah, I think it's a generational, probably gender thing. Yeah. Men are just, yeah, we're so conditioned not to talk about how we feel, whether it's positive or negative, you know? Yeah, it really is this, even when you expand it a little bit and you're talking about what we're taught as men and as, or as boys really growing up, the thing is like when you're, when you're looking at these problems in society and you're, when we, you know, um, zoom out, it's, it's like, well, why, why don't more men speak up about this? Why don't, why didn't, if you, if this guy knew this, why didn't he say something? Well, we, that's not what we're taught. We're not, yeah. you just don't do that. And it's, yeah. God, we need to teach fucking boys how to be better men. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, and you, you just, you see it everywhere. Yeah. I mean, you see, you see so many, you see so many grown men and you're like, man, that is just a hurt, scared little boy still. Yeah. And, and it, it breaks my fucking heart, man. There's so many, and you see, you know, women post screenshots of dating apps and the way oh these God. guys like all, Hey, I had a good time, but you know, I don't see this moving forward. And they just lash out because they can't handle rejection or yeah, any of the, they've oh. never emoted in their whole life. <laughs> yeah, and exactly. it, they like, they don't know how, and it's just, it's like, yeah, dude, men are not, we're not, men are not okay. <laughs> men are not okay. And I, I'm, I'm nowhere near perfect, but the difference is, is I'm willing to learn. Yeah. You know what I mean? When I'm like, Oh, that's fucked up. Got it. Yeah. That's okay. Well, how do I handle that better? Or like, you know, um, yeah. A so lot like, of dudes are just like, well, that's how I am. And you're like, right. Right, man. Yeah. That's all I was raised. Cool. Well, yeah. you're grown now. So. Yeah. Change it up. Yeah. Having <laughs> having a desire to just be a better human is. Um, it's a hard thing to come across. But there are people out there that want it and they are doing the work and. Hopefully there will be more of them. Especially men. Yeah. Yeah, it's... I feel like self-care and self-love and all those things are are not taught at all. And I have... Self-love especially not. Oh, God, dude. I have no idea. I, I, I don't even know where to start in liking myself. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um we were talking to a friend of ours about it and she had shared that she would sit in front of the mirror naked and tell herself how beautiful she was every day and how hard it was and to just see yourself in that that way and that raw and just look at herself in the mirror and say, I love you. Yeah. Over and over and over again every day. And eventually she started believing it. Yeah. And, I tried it. Yeah. And I honestly, I felt embarrassed. That's what, yeah, I can't, because I'm in on it. You know what I mean? 
Yeah. Like they, I've heard of those like post-it notes and people like, oh, I put this on a mirror. This is you're yeah. killing it. Or what I'm like, well, I'm the asshole that fucking wrote it. Yeah. So, and I don't, I know that I don't like me. <laughs> so what the fuck would I believe this post-it yeah. note that I fucking left here? And mine wasn't that. Mine was that it just felt silly. Yeah. And I was just like, what am I doing? Talking to myself in the mirror. Like what? It's just me. <laughs> You're embarrassed in front of yourself. Yeah. You know that and that that's where it comes back again. Like I'm this, you know, big tattooed guy standing in front of the mirror. I love you. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, fuck. but because my whole life I'm wired, like this is what men do. Right. And it's, it was just, it was this, that was the thing I took away from it. It was so uncomfortable just to do something like that. It was, I felt so embarrassed. And why? It's yeah. just me. No one's there to judge me. Mm. Uh, yeah, man. And what if you just change a little bit of that narrative to where it's like, it's not what men do, or this is what men do. It's like, this is what humans do. That'd be great. I wonder if that's a trick you can play on yourself. Where uh, you, maybe. Yeah. I got 35 years of software <laughs> over here. I got to override. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. It's like your therapist said, it's just, it's going to take a while. Yeah. But I do think the, um, I do think the desire to be better, I think that goes a long way because even the people that have been on, you know, the journey that we're on, they've been doing it for 20 years. They're still not perfect. Yeah. Still going to fuck up. They're still going to have flare ups. They're still going to have those past insecure or whatever insecurities come up. I think as long as you have the desire and you're continually doing the work, I mean, dude, everybody, everybody out here is doing their best. Are they? Yeah. <laughs> Some people's best is real, real, no, real rocky. Yeah. But everyone's doing their best that they know how to do. And yeah, man, it's rough out here. It's rough being a human being. Yeah. Life is very hard. It's really hard. Just, yeah. Just avoid eye contact. Yeah. Play, playing with that wire over there. <laughs> what are you going to say? Say I'm, it. I'm just. Come on. I'm just not a good person, man. So what are you doing about it? I'm trying. Why do you say you're not a good person? Well, why are you doing this to me? Because we're on the pod. <laughs> we're on the pod. This is what the pod's for. I just told you why I'm not a good person. But no, no, I don't, none of that sounds like... I don't know how to show up for people. And uh, until it's too late or until it's whatever. And I... Yeah. So what do you do? Like, have you gotten to that in therapy yet? So that's what we kind of ended on was this idea of things that I could be doing to show up for people. Because that's the problem that I have is guilt of not recognizing it in the moment, right? So now that I know this, how do I be better about this? Um, because tying it back around to the ADHD, which I'm uncovering all the time, all this new shit about, is this out of sight, out of mind um, mm -hmm. thing where uh, things, people, tasks, like out of sight, out of mind doesn't exist. 
people that I love, people that I care about, if it's not happening in my little bubble at that moment, then it's just not happening. You know, that's just the way my brain is wired. So we talked about, um, I had a friend recently, a really close friend of mine that I, I love and care about very much, um, just recently moved out of state. And I'm already feeling guilty that I'm going to forget to check in with them or that I'm not going to be there for them if they need me or, you know, these things looking forward because of my past. And my therapist says, well, here's what you could do. You could set reminders for like a week from now or two weeks from now to just says, hey, check in with them. Mm. Send them a text or whatever. Because in my, I'll never do that. And it's not because I don't love them or care about them or think about them. Even when I think about them, I go, I should reach out. It goes in that list of like, oh, I should do that. I should do that. Or I do it in my head and then I don't actually physically do it. That happens to me a lot when I answer text messages or something like that, or I'll get an email. I'll read it. I'll answer it in my head. I'll be like, I'll get back to it in a minute. And then a week or two will go by and I'll be like, oh, fuck. I never actually responded to them. So. So do you set reminders in your phone? Yeah. So set reminders in my phone to then reach out and be like, hey, how's everything going? Yeah. <laughs> you know, just to be in it. But even that makes me feel like such a fucking shitty person. But again, it's that idea of like, well, your brain's not like everybody else. Your brain's broke. So it's this idea of like getting used to that. I'm just learning a lot of stuff about myself in the middle of all of this change. Yeah. And so it's just trying to adapt to that, apply these new things, try this out, you know, unpack this. It's just like a lot happening right now for me um, mentally. And so, uh, yeah, I'm going to try it out and see if it works. Because, again, it's not like I don't care about them, I don't think about them, or I don't love them. Just fucked up. Question. Mm-hmm. So how do you, like you say, when you get an email or a text or whatever, you look at it and you go, oh, yeah, I'll do it. Mm -hmm. How is that different from when the reminder pops up that you don't go, oh, yeah, I got to reach out to him? That's what, I don't know. I don't know yet. It's interesting. It's going to be an interesting experiment. Yeah, I'm going to actually have to like fucking be like, no, this is, do this right now. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but it's this cycle of guilt that I have in my life. Yeah. And uh, until I break that cycle or start to forgive myself, then I'm still not going to like me. Got a lot of work to do, man. Do a lot lot of work over here. (laughs) Good for you. (sighs) Yeah. It's wild. You don't ever have that problem with like if somebody texts you like you get back to them right away or like what is what is as your... soon as I see the message I respond to it really what's that like <laughs> not being a fucking asshole it's see it's great yeah does do you ever feel like I like I leave you hanging in a text no do you yeah. feel that way with me mm, not really honestly you're usually pretty good and if if you don't respond I usually assume you're with somebody yeah so um no i i me personally no yeah and not anymore i should say because a few years ago yeah 
Sure. I've changed that relationship with you and I, or I've tried to at least, and tried to be more diligent with your text messages because I know that it bothers you or that it affects you in a certain way. And yeah, so, yeah. I chalked it up to that. You and I have just gotten so much closer since I moved to well, LA. That also. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I, di- I didn't know that you had put like a conscious effort into it. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. Because text messages are designed for quick responses. <laughs> right? Otherwise, <laughs> I'd send you an email or leave you a voicemail. Right. So I know you're like perfect at text messaging and all that stuff. But I'm like, a great, te- I am a great texter. You, you're a great texter. Great texter. Ladies. So what about what about all this fucking guilt I'm carrying? Do you have any guilt that you carry? Like, what is that a normal thing? Like, what do you do? You, do you have baggage in that area? Yeah, I mean, of course, I think everybody has guilt. Um, I have one particular thing that I actually talked about very recently in therapy that I carry guilt about, and <clears throat> so my my therapist is is a gay man. Mm-hmm. Um, and my, my best friend growing up, we, we were like, we were inseparable from like sixth grade all the way through high school, like in the college, like, like we like legitimately grew up together. Like people thought we were brothers. Like we were tight. Yeah. And, um, as life goes, you know, like I moved away for college and, you know, we kind of drifted apart and we just started talking less and less. Um, and then I think it was when I was living in Denver. So it would have been my mid twenties, probably. Um, he came out as gay and I, I didn't realize I had guilt until fair. I don't want to say fair within the last couple of years. Guilt about what? He and I was like so tight and I, I just, I can't help but wonder if there was anything I could have done better or been a better friend or fostered a better environment that he would have felt safe enough to be himself and come out sooner. Yeah. And, um, I talked to my therapist about this cause like I said, he, he's a gay man and he explained to me, which I had, I had no concept of anything of what it's like to come out. And he explained it to me that, Um, from the time a man figures out that he's gay to the time that he comes out in between those two events is absolute torture. It is self-loathing and trying and just denial, trying to change what you know is real. And it's this incredibly painful time. And when he said that to me, just thinking of of my buddy and like I love him so much I still do 
like every time I go home, try to make time to see each other, hang out with him and his fiance and just thinking of him being in that window for 10, 15 years, maybe it makes my fucking stomach turn. It like, it breaks my fucking heart. Have you ever talked to him about it? No. Was he, maybe you don't know the answer to this, but was he aware that he was, I, I asked, we talked about that. He said he knew, uh, he knew basically around puberty yeah. and he just, he really fought it. Um, but I, I, you know, I, and I talked to my therapist, I was like, cause the one thing I didn't want to do was make his coming out about me. Right. I don't want to go to him and be like, Hey man, I feel bad. <laughs> you know, it's like, Oh cool, man. Yeah. Thanks for that. Yeah, yeah. So I was talking to my therapist. I was like, I don't, I don't want to make this about me. Like, but I want him to know that if it does anything, like, I'm sorry. Like, I'm sorry. I didn't say the right thing or show more love or like whatever. I don't know. I think you did everything that you could do. You, you fostered this great relationship. He felt safe with you. You hung out all the time. You guys were like brothers. Yeah. You did what you're supposed to do. Yeah. My therapist, he's, he just, he, blatantly told me there's nothing you could have done yeah he's like he he'll come he would have come out when he's ready to come out he's like because he he would have to do he has to deal with his family he has to deal with every other friend and he's like there's no coming out to just one person unless that one person is a gay man that you're in a relationship with right like there's only so many safe spaces you can have when you're not out and he's like there's nothing you could have done to be that space because you know, you probably just didn't understand. And I think it's kind of what you were talking about that maybe it falls into that, you know, hindsight guilt type of thing. And I look back and I'm like, and I don't, I mean, we're teenagers. Like, yeah, I'm sure there were many gay jokes <laughs> thrown about by <laughs> right. both of us. It was the nineties. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I don't know that I could have done anything different, but I just, I wish I could have. Cause like I said, I love him so much. And like just the thought of him not being able to be himself for that long just rips my fucking heart out. Like he just, he doesn't deserve that. Nobody yeah. does. Yeah. And, but I think what we're dealing with here and, and this is, you can apply this to a lot of things, right? Is that, is that, that what if will eat you the fuck alive what if i would have done this what if that was or what if i would have what if what if what if what if man and that that applies to a lot of fucking things and you gotta let that go because it sounds like you did what you were supposed to do or what you could do at that time with the information you were given and that's all we can do in those moments and that happens a lot when people pass away right when you have this idea of like what if I would have done this? What if I would have called them more? What if I would have, sh- what if I would have canceled work that day? What if I would have drove? What if, what if, what if? I hate that you keep doing what if, what if, what if? Well, it's what we do in our fucking heads, man. Yeah. yeah it and is. it just, it eats you the fuck alive. And you just have to. Maybe I'm talking to myself a little bit, but maybe you, you just think. Gotta, <laughs> Sheesh. You got to fucking. Um, 
you know, you did the best you could with the information you had at the time. Yep. Fuck you. <laughs> you going to cry in the pot right now? No, I'm not going to cry in the pot. I almost cried on the pot. I'm not going to be the first one to cry in the fucking pot. I I'll almost tell you that. I almost cried in the pot just now <laughs> talking about how much I love him. Yeah. I love him so much. Let me tell you something. Yeah. I'm not going to be the first one to cry in the pod. I think you might. <laughs> We're both going to cry in the grief oh, right? in man. the grief episode. I'm not. I, 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 I almost cried just now. Yeah, me too. I know. I saw it. Hey, you know what? What? I'm grateful to have a friend like you. Point that shit inward. <laughs> Don't waste my time with your fucking gratitude. Thank you.